The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. January 30th, 2023, the day the Vancouver Canucks traded away their captain, Bo Horvat. Well, guess what? I got to tell you something for free. On the other side here on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, co-host of Locked On Canucks and also a Canucks writer for Daily Hive Vancouver. Before we dive into the episode, we got to thank you for tuning into Locked On Canucks. It is your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe or follow us for free. For free. Yeah, it's like lots to tell you for free on today's episode. Uh, subscribe or follow for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Before we get into it, I also got a shout out FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. It was one year ago today that the Canucks really changed the trajectory of their franchise, and that might be. Um, a bit bold, a bit outlandish. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't, bro. It isn't, bro. We did it, bro. We did it. Bo didn't do it. Bo didn't do it. We did it. Anyways, continue. Uh, uh, and to start off the show here, we will dive into the Bo Horvat trade. Yeah, you know all about it. So we want to give our takes are where the Canucks would be if Bo Horvat was still around. Uh, what changed with Bo Horvat being gone? And what's one of the biggest trades in Canucks history? We'll try to tackle that in the Whoa. first part of the show. Uh, in the second part of the show, we want to look at Atu Ratu because we did an episode back in the summer about how Atu Ratu was really following a very similar trajectory to JT Miller. Whoa. Uh, heading into their draft plus two seasons, they both were about half-pointed game players in the AHL, both highly tended prospects. Where's Atu Ratu at now, and is he still compared to JT Miller? Oh, uh, we'll end off the show with the Nikita Zadorov rumors, and uh, I think Kyle's got a confession that he wants to make to the listeners. Oh, so we'll gotta- get into all of that. Uh, but first and foremost, hey, Kyle, you got something to say, man. Let me introduce you. My co-host. What's going on, buddy? Well, what did Kyle I tell Ballard. you, Trevor? What did I tell you? Don't make it about us. Don't make it about me. It's about the Canucks, okay? I don't want to have the spotlight. I, I got a big announcement at the end of the episode. I, I got to sign a new deal. It's really sad. It's it's not sad. It's emotional. But I don't want to talk about that right now. We got to talk about it at the end of the episode because the people matter, man. I don't matter. The Canucks matter and the people watching this they matter. Speaking of which, again, hit the subscribe and the like button because uh, we do this. Maybe, maybe we do this every day, right? You're Canucks every day over here at the Don't Doze Art Lab, home of the West Coast bias. They've been feeding that bias to the streets for years and years and years. And man, oh man, Bo Horvat. One year later, is this conversation a bit stale, a bit old? You know what I'm saying? I don't know, but it does happen to come during All-Star break. You get what I'm saying? It's kind of fitting. And I like to talk about the whole Horvat thing because even though it feels like it was so long ago, it really only was 12 months, and so much has happened in those 12 months. And at the same time, I feel like so little has happened, especially with the top of that lineup. And look at the turnaround. Look at the turnaround. You took Bo out of there, you put the C on Quinn Hughes, and everything changed. And putting the C on Quinn Hughes is where I got to start this conversation off with because – that was maybe the biggest offseason move for the Vancouver Canucks, and maybe, just maybe, I'm going to guarantee it, actually, it was the biggest move in Vancouver Canucks history. 
moving off of Horvat and going to Quinn Hughes with the C because Whoa. the standard completely changed. Look, Quinn Hughes, like Horvat's a good player, a really good player, but Quinn Hughes, he's one of the best players in the league. And from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing, we're talking about Rick Tockett, Rutherford, and Alvin making this decision. They, they were around legendary leaders throughout their whole lives in the NHL. And the way they talk about Quinn Hughes, what I've heard from Quinn Hughes, man, oh, man, this guy's an alpha leader. And maybe from our point of view last year, we couldn't really put those things together and connect it to Quinn Hughes because he kind of seems quiet. But it's kind of obvious that he is the loudest in the room. He's the voice of the room. And uh, this whole Stanley Cup or bust slash Stanley Cup dreamlike state we're in is, I wouldn't say mainly because of Quinn Hughes, but he just he just oozes that. That's standard. You know what I'm saying? And, and Bo Horvat didn't. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, Quinn Hughes and Thatcher Demko are two guys I look to with, you know, absolute ice in their veins, leaders of this team. Every time you hear them talk, it's all about humility. Like, we haven't accomplished anything yet. Um, but honestly, I, I do feel like I like the fact they went bold on Bo Horvat. Um, but, you know, I, when I look back at the whole situation, I still think Horvat probably got too much flack, right? Now, it is crazy. It is crazy that, again, a year ago today, they traded away Bo Horvat. Uh, they're one of the worst teams in the NHL. And then all of a sudden, the Canucks, again, tied for first in the NHL. And right Horvat now, had a career year. He had a career year when they traded him. You know what I'm saying? He was paced yeah. for 50 goals. He was paced for 50 goals. But at the same time, as Emily says, he wasn't doing the most in the room. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Bo Horvat wasn't a bad leader, but he didn't quite have the same, obviously the same ice in his veins that Quinn Hughes did. Exactly. Right? Um, but again, we were talking about a guy who was on pace for 50 goals. I think he had 30 goals at, by the time we traded him at the deadline, right? Like mm -hmm. he was having a, an incredible year. You know, he's putting up very similar numbers to what Brock Bester is putting up this year, right? Uh, again, Bo Horvat, not as good of a playmaker as necessarily as Bester, but he's having a hell of a season. You know, one of the things I think about too is, you know, where would this team be if they decided to keep Bo Horvat around, right? And I, I don't want to say that they would still suck. I don't think that's fair because I do think a lot of this change came from Tockett, what they added in the offseason. Now, that being said, if you keep Bo Horvat, you're probably signing to that deal worth $8.5 million a season, right? You're giving him a $3 million raise. Um, that means you don't get Philip Peronik, and you probably don't sign, you know, like a Carson Seuss or an Ian Cole either. So mm -hmm. that makes me think that his defense is still a lot worse if Bo Horvat's not here. So that's the main problem with, you know, uh, if Bo Horvat was still around, I think the Canucks would be better, but I don't think they'd be nearly as good because they wouldn't have had the money to revamp the defense. Bro, if Horvat is still on this team, we lack a lot of swagger. You know what I'm saying? No, straight up. You make decisions like that. You pull the plug. You name Quinn yeah. Hughes the captain. It's just truth, bro. Quinn Hughes is swaggy, bro. Look at this comment from Aaron, bro. Aaron, you should just hop on the show. Run the show. You can tell how much Hughes cares about the team and winning by his own. On ice performance, he looks like one of the most driven players in the league. Give the man the heart trophy. Now, Bo Horvat, obviously a tryhard too. He was a tryhard. He is still a tryhard, a really good hockey player. But there's a different level, a different standard. Like, Quinn Hughes is one of those guys who you can't replicate. Like, when it's all said and done, I feel like, you know how we talk about the Brian Leeches? I'm not going to say the Bobby Orr's. Like, that's a different level. But you know how we talk about the best defenseman of all time? Quinn Hughes. We see it, like, every five games. They're showing the stat sheet, the history books. He's writing history. He's one of the best players in hockey who happens to be the most driven player on the team. This guy never smiles. He's always looking for what's next. That sets the tone for the rest of the team. The Canucks are not swaggy if Bo Horvat is still the captain of this team. Obviously, you can, still, you can tell I'm mad because 
Horvat did take a shot at us right when he got to the Islanders, and maybe I shouldn't yeah. be petty, yeah. but it hasn't even been a year since I heard that quote, and I didn't like that. Anyways, we're not even close to the team we are. You know, you brought up the obvious points. We wouldn't have the cap space to, you know, bring in the players, but when it comes down to it for me, it's just about the culture. And that's why things are changing. And I know Tockett was there, and he's a big part of it, but it really does come down to the players. And we, we've been stroking off the management and the, and the coaching staff for so long. I, I, I guess we're trying to, you know, we're just trying to talk about things and, and feel this out for what it is because there's so many things going on. But it, it does come down to the hockey players on this team. And, again, based on what you said, the players that they were allowed to bring in with the uh, alleviated cap space, and, again, the culture change that ultimately happened when he switched over captains, it just – it just changed everything, man. Bro, 12 months ago, we are desperate for so many changes, and part of that change was with the core. Like, you can't bring back this core. And it also felt like going into the season, removing Horvat was bare minimum. Like, some people still wanted JT Miller out. Some people wanted some fresh blood at the top of the lineup, and we only really had Horvat being removed. Yeah, I, I think, again, there's two sides for me about, about Horvat. I think we, we forget that he's a good hockey player, right? Again, really we, good. 30 goals, you're traded. Even the bubble playoff run. I think that guy was fantastic for us in those bubble playoffs, man. Like 10 goals in 17 games. So good. Um, but I, I do think, and this is speculation, I do think that Horvath's mentality towards staying at Canuck changed when they signed JT Miller before they re-signed him, right? You look at Horvath. He was one of the, the longest tenure Canuck at the time, the captain of the team. And here was this management regime coming in and choosing JT Miller over <laughs> Paul Horvath. That was a big FU to Horvath in a way. Um, and I think it just kind of set him off in terms of maybe not wanting to be here or maybe thinking about not okay, being here well, long term. Thank right? you, buddy. He was the guy a, as dedicated to the team. If that's the truth, then he's an like I can't say the word, but he's a bad captain because you gotta be able to put your emotions aside and still lead the team. Like you're the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. If you're completely bitter about the fact that a player who's a, a one hundred points player, you know what I'm saying? JT Miller gets signed before you, now, now you're gonna be bitter. And you're going to bring that energy into the room. Not going to say that he did, but maybe he did, right? Look at the Canucks record. You got you can't bring that energy into the room. You're the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. You can't be bitter. You got to focus on the moment. Yo, Quinn Hughes, he wouldn't let that happen. He wouldn't let that happen. The guy's a cold, cold like he's cold. He's focused on the game and hand, like the games on hand. Not worried about the future. Yeah, and part of the reason I say that too is because of his quote, right? Like he had that. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. He says it slipped out and blah blah blah, but it felt like a shot. Not necessarily the fans, but at the Canucks in general. Um, and I do I do think Bo Horvat, again, he handled himself very professionally, very well in the media. He was a nice guy to talk to. But I do think there was some bitterness uh, there. Boring guy to well. talk to. Boring guy to talk to. Yeah, Look, maybe, I'm bitter. Maybe that, 2013 draft was, maybe that 2013 draft was a bunch of boring guys, right? Remember, <laughs> like, he was drafted three spots after Sean Monaghan. Boring Sean Monaghan. I feel like uh, everything we talk about with Bo Horvat right now is, like, he just likes, you know, some meatloaf and mashed potatoes for dinner, you know? Just a meat and potatoes guy. Uh, a bit a bit boring, but uh, anyways, that's neither here or there. Obviously, it was a pretty big trade, uh, trading Bo Horvat away. Kyle, let me ask you, was it uh, was it the biggest trade in Canucks history? Obviously, I'm living in the moment, man. That changed everything. <laughs> that changed everything, man. It was the biggest trade. Was that it bigger? Been... Go ahead. Was, was, it, the was trade? it bigger than the trade for... No, well, I was going to say bigger than the JT Miller trade. Ooh, betting, eh? Giving betting, the, betting the credit, bro. I remember waking up on that Saturday morning when betting made that trade. Bro, I was with my mom watching the draft. It was day two of the draft, too. I'd never do that. Like, who watches day two of the draft? And I was, dude, I was, I don't think I've ever been that mad via a hockey trade in my life. Because, bro, at the time, it's like, why are we giving 
Tampa Bay that much to help them out. I know we're yeah. taking a good player off yeah. their hands, but I thought the whole psyche at that time and still is is like, yo, if we need to alleviate cap space, we're going to have to give up the good player and also not take a lot of value back. But Benning, yeah. man, Benning was the guy, man. Everyone loved to play Benning. I know we won that trade, but I, I still think to this day, like he could have probably got Miller for like a second round pick. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, I think a talented GM is, yeah. is getting uh, or trading less away to get JT Miller, right? It's funny, you know, not to do too much betting revisionist stuff, but uh, I did feel like most of his good moves are pretty lucky at the end of the day. Wow. Um, the Bo Horvath trade, it was a big one. We certainly don't miss him. So January 30th is a Bible day. Uh, again, have fun toiling in mediocrity with the New York Islanders. He's having a good season, but uh, come on, the Islanders, man. He's doing They're it. They're bottom 10 in goals for their yeah. bottom 10 in goals against. He is a good player on a middle middling to bad team. Who's so better, JT Miller or Bo Horvat? Let us know in the comments below. There's only one answer. There's only <laughs> one answer. How about Bo Horvat? Like, it's not his fault, but man, five head coaches in the last couple of years. It's not his fault. I'm not saying it's no, his no. fault. I'm just saying, bro, like, you know, we I think as fans, we like to always look at everything around the team that could be going wrong when things are going wrong. But at the end of the day. You know who makes it right or wrong? It's the players. And Horvat was the captain of this team, and it was only ever right when he was the captain for like 45 games, 50 games, 60 games, and then the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Everything else was kind yeah. of gross. Anyways, let's get to the comments before we get to the other side. Did you have something to add? I, I heard you taking a nope. deep Okay, cool. Let's get to the comments before we get to the other side. Let's go to Aruba. Miller has a higher ceiling, and Horvat has a higher floor. Honestly, when Miller is bad... He's pretty bad, bro. Yeah. He's pretty bad. Aaron, he's taking Horvat's back a little bit with this, okay? Difference between Horvat and Hughes is that Hughes has a be has better supporting pieces. I will give Horvat that as well. Like, he didn't really get to stick around for Alvin and Rutherford. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had Benning doing the pro yeah. scouting. But again, as we said, the reason he stuck, he couldn't stick around is because they had to trade him to clear the cap space to get yeah. those assets. Yeah, in. I, can't, I hope he wasn't bitter about the Miller thing. That's just weird. That's, come on, that's weird energy. You're the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Like, you just, you got to throw that to the side and worry about that at the end of the season or something. You know what I'm saying? And you should be happy that the team's, you know, kept a 100-point score on your team or a 99-point score. You get what I'm saying? And then we had uh, Shiraz, the father, Better father than Trevor. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. Look at his mustache. Look at yours. You don't got one. He said he feels bad for Horvat. Switches teams. And look what happened to the Vancouver Canucks. They're a number one team. And the Islanders are, you know, swimming in mediocrity. I don't really feel bad for Horvat at all. Uh, Shiraz also did comment on the last episode regarding my cupper bust mantra. I will explain how that makes sense to me towards the end of the episode. Okay. All right, we'll touch on that uh, and some Atu Ratu to JT Miller comparisons on the other side. But first, we got to shout out a couple of wonderful sponsors, okay? FanDuel and Factor. Make sure you bet on FanDuel now, get in the game. I just closed up my ad by accident. Okay, I'm back. Okay, happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about the bacon wrapped deep fried pickles, the seven layer dip, and sitting on the couch and placing some super bets. You know, I, I had some friends make some wild money off the Super Bowl uh, last year, you know, betting on the Gatorade, betting on wild point spreads. Uh, again, you could do it all with FanDuel. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W, two, or even three. And not only are you on, 
not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And before we get back to the other side, we got to shout out a new sponsor, baby. I'm talking about Factor. Yo, Kyle, do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions that you've been sticking to? I'm already a meal prep guru. I know where you're taking the segue. I know what I know what it is. Like, oh, to cook your own meals, bro. I'm 30 and a half years old. I'm a proud Hindu. I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to level up. I've been cooking meals for a couple years now. So yeah, I didn't well, really answer your question. You know but I knew if, you were uh, taking that. No, that's all right. That's all right. You know, Kyle, you're you're a busy guy, okay? And you listen out there. You might be busy. You might just want to. You might not want to. You know, prep all your own meals. It takes some work. And that's where Factor comes in, okay? Ooh. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success here in the new year. Forget frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon here in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered right to your door. And you know what? It's not just the meals, okay? Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep us going no matter what's on the schedule. You know what? We all fall into it, okay? That overpriced takeout trap. Guess what? Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. Again, the heat, you just heat them and eat them in just two minutes, which means more time for you. And look at this, okay? Head to factormeals.com slash locked on NHL50 and use code locked on NHL50 to get 50% off. Are you kidding me? Damn. Let's go. That's code locked on NHL50 at factormeals.com slash locked on NHL50 to get, once again, 50% off. Okay, okay, we back on Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs talking all things Bo Horvat, talking all things that trade, and talking more about my life, okay? At the end of the episode, I got a big announcement. I'm going to get emotional. It is what it is, and what it is is uh, this show's not about me. I got to shut up. I got to shut up, Trevor. You got to shut me up every time I talk about myself because this is about the Canucks and the people. Speaking of which, look at Steven, man. Best trade ever. I shotgunned six beers when I heard the news. <laughs> Bro, okay, I, I didn't shotgun six beers, but it's crazy. Again, I brought this up a couple days ago when I was talking about Brock Besser and whatnot. It's like, yo, even when we made that trade, like I was super happy. I was content with the return because it kind of changed the philosophy of not just Canucks fans, but the Canucks themselves. And for a couple of minutes, it seemed as if we were, quote, unquote, retooling slash rebuilding with assets. And then fast forward, I don't know, what was it, eight minutes later, and we traded for Philip Peronic. And Shiraz says that the Heronic asset acquisition was worth it. So a lot of things happened with that Horvat trade, man. We barely touched on the Heronic thing. Like, we, I know you touched on it, but we barely touched on that. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can go watch our, our second ever episode of Locked On Canucks. <laughs> we had to react to the Heronic trade. Actually, maybe don't do that because we were a little bit like, what the hell is this team doing? But yeah. thankfully, that trade worked out. Uh, in terms of the Bo Horvat trade, another big piece of it was Atiratu. Is he going to work out for the Vancouver Canucks? And you know what? Heading into this season, again, mentioned it off the top here. We did an episode about Aturatu and how he compared really favorably, favorably to JT Miller uh, in a couple of interesting ways. So they're both 
uh, both prospects who had some ups and downs as prospects. Obviously, Aturati is still in that boat. JT Miller uh, didn't get along with Len Vigneault, was up and down uh, from the AHL to the NHL for about four years there. Um, but in their draft plus two season, so the second season after they were drafted, their scoring profiles were very similar. But JT Miller, about a half point a game, 23 points in 42 AHL games. Last year, Aturati was very similar uh, for the first time between the Absurd Canucks and the New York uh, Islanders uh, AHL affiliate. He had 27 points in 52 combined AHL games. Now, I was kind of thinking going into this season, is that trajectory going to keep up? You know, is Atu Ratu and JT Miller going to follow the same trajectory? Because, hey, if the Canucks have another JT Miller on their hands and Atu Ratu, that alone would make that Bo Horvat trade a win. Although I think Ooh. most Canucks fans would already consider it a win. Now, this is where it gets a little disappointing, okay? Uh, uh, JT Miller in his draft plus three season, uh, the third season he played after being drafted by the Rangers, he was basically a point-of-game player in the AHL. He had... 42 points in 41 games and, you know, played 30 NHL games as well that season. That was six points in those games. Uh, at to Ratu this season, it's definitely been more up and down than that. Again, JT Miller was a point a game, one point over point a game. Uh, at to Ratu so far, so far in Abster this season has 25 points in 40 games with eight goals uh, along with that. Now, at to Ratu, his season down in the AHL has really been down and up and then kind of back down again, right? He started the season slow, and then he had a stretch in the middle where he had about 16 points in 18 games. And now over his last 10 games, he has no goals and four assists. So he's had some – he's played on the wing a bit where he's had some success, uh, which, again, makes him kind of compare favorably to JT Miller a bit as well. Um, but, yeah, Kyle, I, I don't know. Like, this Atu Ratu guy, do you see him – the Canucks obviously has a pretty shallow pro- prospect pool. We talked a bit about that yesterday. Do you see him as a prospect that you know that we really shouldn't trade, or do you see that this as a guy who could be an asset in a, in a trade, even though the Canucks have almost no center, center depth in their prospect pool? Yeah, I can't really dive too deep into my analysis of the player because I think I've seen negative six minutes of this guy play, and I'm not a liar, dude. I'm not a liar. I'm not going to read the fancy stats and just pretend I. F- that old. My bad. That was a lie. Again, this, we got a lot going on. Okay, we got a lot going on, but I'm not going to pretend I know everything about. Atu Ratu, but I will answer that question in regards to him being a trade asset. That's probably the case, man. If it's not Vasily Potkolzin, it's Atu Ratu. And based on what I'm hearing, man, because I heard a lot of news this morning, I was not just circled in with the rumors. I feel like I was getting fed the rumors, okay? The Canucks are going all in, all in this season. And they're doing that with the mindset because, you know, the team's at the top of the league. The, 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 the star players are playing at the... Uh, their full capacity, quote-unquote. They got the depth. They got the they got the UFAs coming up. They're going all in. And if they're going all in and they don't want to trade LeCarrie Mackey and Willander, but they're willing to get rid of some first-round picks and some prospects, Atu Ratu is definitely part of that mix. And honestly, based on the stat projections that you told me, like I feel like he's not having a bad season. You know, he's doing his thing. It's, it could be way yeah. worse. It could yeah. be way worse. And is it going to hurt this team to you know, lose up on some prospects, especially down the middle, sure, but it may come at the uh, expense for a Stanley Cup. And that's just the price you got to pay to play. And it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I can't, yo, crazy. We traded our captain last year, and 12 months later, we're buyers in pursuit of the Stanley Cup. You cannot make this ish up. And because you can't make this ish up, I need all the Canucks fans out there to lean in to that spirit, to that feeling that, yo, this is the year. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. I feel it, man. 
There we go. I feel it too. Let's go, baby. Canucks for the Stanley Cup here in 2024. Lots more Stanley Cup talk later this week too on Locked On Canucks. Uh, I do want to talk about the Canucks Cup odds and how they compare to the Edmonton Oilers. So stay tuned for that. Um, in terms of Ratu, I, I think it's kind of wait and see right now. One thing that kind of worries me about the player is that he arguably has played his best hockey on the wing. You know, we project this guy to be a center. Um, and his foot, piece, his foot speed, he still looks a bit behind the game. Now, I will say I don't watch every Abster Canucks game, but in the games I've watched, I think he's been one of the more noticeable players out there. He's doing special teams time. So I, I like to think the production is going to follow. But again, the foot speed and the fact that he's had better success on the wing kind of worries me a bit because when he's had better success on the wing, it's because he hasn't been the play driver on that line. So, um, but again, still a very young player here. Uh, and hopefully, you know, his trajectory kind of continues along something similar to what JT Miller did. Um, and if that happens, you know, uh, you know, going into that next season, JT Miller's draft was four season. He did spend a good chunk of time in the AHL. Again, spat, uh, a bit of a spat with uh, Elaine Vigneault. Uh, he played 18 AH, AHL games in this draft plus four season. Um, and then played 58 NHL games as well. So, um, again, Aturatu, long runway ahead of him. We don't got a long runway left on this show, so, uh, so on the other side, we'll talk about Zadorov and then Kyle. Yeah, he's got something to tell you. Oh, the man. But before we do oh, any man. of that, we got a shout-out to the sponsor, and right now we're shouting out eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, baby. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions by eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Boom, bam. Okay, okay, we back on this episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is the Atu Ratu specialist, Trevor Beggs. That was tough, man. That was tough. This guy just talked about Atu Ratu. He turned it over to me, and I had nothing to say. Why? Because I'm honest. I'm honest, man. Speaking of my honesty, uh, okay, you know what? I'm not ready to talk about it, man. I'm going to get emotional. Give me like three or four minutes, okay? Can we get to the comments first? It's about the people, okay? For real. This makes a lot of sense. I didn't even mention, I didn't even think about this, okay? Look at lefty, okay? Horvat was a terrible passer. You also mentioned that he feels bad for the eight years, wondering where Horvat was 40% of the time. Uh, we also had somebody talk about Horvat and his defensive upside being invisible. That's coming from Major, and that makes me think a lot about the power play. Like, I know JT Miller isn't the best defensive center, but he's definitely taking strides. In fact, I think he's better than Horvat down the middle. Okay, and that's not saying much, but yeah. man, oh, man, our PK is getting better. It's still in the middle of the pack, not perfect. And uh, not having Horvat have to do so much defensive work is bode, what's the word, is doing well for not just a PK, but our defensive it's upside in general. Well. Yeah, I was going to say boating, but, you know, I'm learning. It's funny because Bo Horvat, again, I think, Kyle, you and I, most Canuck fans would agree, he's probably a bit of an overrated defensive player. Now, he was taking tough matchups. Yeah. Um, 
He was but sucking he was, at tough matchups. He, no he was taking them, but he was just yeah. taking it up the you-know-what. Bro, you know why everyone thinks he's a yeah. good two-way center? I think it's because he's Canadian. And his name's Yeah, he's Bo. a good, solid Canadian boy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But it's funny. He's been he's been in the Selkie. He's been nominated for the Selkie in the past two seasons. Now, not high up the list. He was 34th <laughs> okay. in 2021, 22, okay, and then buddy. 22nd. Um, like, come on. It's like 800 players in the NHL match. Like, the fact that this guy made the Selkie ballot is... Uh, is interesting considering his profile, but hey, there's a lot of dumb voters out there too, man. Look at this comment, okay? I believe that uh, Quinn Hughes is the greatest Canuck captain in franchise history. He said the greatest Canuck in franchise history, which is another thing. And again, just cha- making that change to from going to Horvat, who is like top seventy player in the in the league, to giving the C to a top three to a top five talent in Quinn Hughes, huge difference, huge difference, man. Uh, what were you gonna say? Yeah. I was gonna say that might that well that might be an off season article or off season episode I should say yeah, like who is the great who are the greatest Canucks in franchise history and where do you know J T Miller, Lee Pedersen, and Quinn Hughes rank? Uh, I was just gonna talk about Zadorov quickly because that's kind of what we we wanted to uh, talk about. Yeah, uh, we got a commenter saying don't buy a Zadorov jersey yet. I think that's one hundred percent. Shout accurate. out Lefty. Uh, Nikita Nikita Zadorov came up in trade rumors this week. Um, even even uh, Half or uh, sorry Jason Bruff on Sports at 650 who doesn't consider himself an insider said he heard some rumblings as well. <sighs> Look, I think it's interesting, and it might stem from the fact that the Canucks think they have zero shot at resigning Zadorov. But I think when you acquired him, you kind of figured he'd be a rental with maybe a shot that you could resign him. But are required to be a rental. So I personally would be shocked if they go out and trade Zadorov. But again, new management team in place. Uh, they seem to like wheel the deal, and so. Always a possibility, but I would not expect Nikita Zadorov to be traded by the by the trade deadline. Maybe Zadorov was just a stopgap to help this core out that had a pretty good start within its first 15 games, but was having trouble replacing Carson Soucy because at the time Noah Juleson sucked and Mark Friedman mm-hmm. was just average, and they kind of want to stop the bleeding before Soucy got in. And mm-hmm. I could see that being the case, but at the same time, I don't like when these rumors come out, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's too early. Like, you know why, man? Because I feel like the team is doing so well. And I know Zadorov's not, like, the biggest part of the equation, but he's definitely a piece. And during his time with the Vancouver Canucks, I think he's played, like, an 81 overall, an 82 overall. But I've also seen this guy be physical and stand up for the boys, which mm-hmm. means a lot. And I heard Don Taylor say that, oh, uh, uh, I'm hearing that uh, he doesn't mesh well with the, like, something, something. Like, he's not meshing well with the team, blah, 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 right? Zadorov seems to be a bit of an alpha, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I think, like, when you're a Vancouver Canuck and this guy is standing up for you, dude, you're, you're buddies with the guy. You get what I'm saying? Like, you got respect for him. Yeah. It's just the truth. So, yeah. again, I think the Canucks, again, they're going all in this season. They want to ice the best lineup that they can. I just said that Zadorov, to me, is like an 81, 82 overall player. If they bring in, like, a Tanev or another defenseman, they're going to be stockpiled with def- defensemen. They're going to have to make moves. They're also going to have to make moves because of the cap. It is what it is, but I just don't see it happening right now. No, I, I would agree with you, buddy. I think Zadorov's sticking around. Yeah. Okay, anyways, let's talk about... Uh... I might cry here, man. I might cry here, man. Do we got sad music here? Might just help, help out, man. Is this... This, this is sad enough. Okay, guys. I made a decision last night. I need your support, Trevor. Trevor called me last night. We had a large talk. 
It was the latest phone call we've had in quite some time. Trevor's a family man. A lot of things are talked about. And I told him that I had to sign a new deal. Because I've seen where things are going with this whole Canuck thing. And I've also seen the comments. And uh, I've decided I'm never going to be a part of the media, okay? I don't know what you guys think. Okay, for real, because I see, I, see I see the comments sometimes like, oh, you, you guys in the media have to watch what you say. You, you podcasters have to watch what you say. Dude, I'm not part of the media. I'm a fan first. And as long as I do this, I'm always going to be a fan, okay? So I'm signing my contract, my lifetime contract with the fans of the Vancouver Canucks, not the Vancouver Canucks. I will never take a media pass from the Vancouver Canucks because I'm a fan first. I'm not a member of the media, media, okay? So I don't have a contract here, but just remember these words, okay? It's like a handshake agreement. I am only a fan who happens to have a microphone and happens to work at the Don't Doze Art Lab. Okay, Trevor, don't ever call me a part of the media. When you make phone calls to me, don't talk about like podcasting and all that stuff. Talk about the Canucks. Talk about the fan base first. I am not part of the media. I'm signing a lifetime deal with the fan base of the Vancouver Canucks. There you go. That's my announcement. That was that was big. That was big. You know, I, I did see at some point locked on like in the booth, but uh, you know what, man, that's a tough decision for you. I know, uh, you know, a few tears spilled on that phone. I could hear you weeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad he kept together for this. But uh, come on, man, Kyle Bowen, you're, you're the big one of the biggest Canuck fans out there, man. And uh, I'm just not a media people member. need you. I'm I need a, you. I'm not a media member, yeah, though. I'm not a media member. That's I okay. know the show's that's growing okay, and the numbers are growing and people can say what they want to say and. I just want people to know, moving forward, I'm just a fan with a microphone, okay? And some internet connection. Trevor Beggs, I can't speak for you, but that's who I am. Anyways, Locked on Canucks, Kyle Bound, Trevor Beggs, your team every day. Uh, Beggsy, sign us out. Yeah, we got to get out of here, okay? So shout out to the everydayers, the occasional listeners, the first-time listeners, the new subscribers, and those of you who join us here on the live YouTube show. We love each and every one of you, your families, and your dogs, too. Coming up this week, again, no games, so we got uh, we got to be creative, man. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to do, which available players could the Canucks target? And now that's looking at, you know, what other teams, other reporters are saying about players on their team who might be on the block. Uh, we'll kind of look at fits for the Canucks there. I also want to look at the Canucks and the Oilers. Who has a better chance at winning the Stanley Cup? Uh, that's for all the Oilers fans hitting up our mentions out there. And guess what? I think Canuck fans might like that episode. That's all coming up on later episodes of Locked On Canucks. But for now, I'm Trevor Banks. That guy is fan first Kyle Bowen. You've been listening to Locked On Canucks. I didn't get to answer Shiraz's question about, you know, why I keep saying it's cup or bust. I'll keep it simple. It's the 50-game mark. We're first in the league. Bruh. Peace. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.